This is Joseph and welcome to my podcast, Ineskwela. Sa podcast na ito, you will hear me talking about anything that grabs my attention, na may kinalaman sa mga Kristiyanong Pinoy ngayon, and the broader culture that they inhabit. Tara, maguntahan tayo. Hello mga kahuntahan, uh, we are now on our 10th episode for Ineskwela and for this week's huntahan we will take a break from our series on the social utility of the Ten Commandments i-resume natin iyon sa susunod na episode but we will have a special episode uh, this week uh, I intend to discuss my philosophical observations uh, tungkol dito sa le- latest MCU TV show na Loki in its first season uh, matapos na uh, mapanood ko na yung uh, final episode just last week. So I would try to flesh out my philosophical uh, observations about the season and I will then attempt to make predictions about the future of the MCU films and TV shows and why I think Christians must exercise thoughtfulness uh, sa panunood ng mga ganitong uri na produkto ng ating uh, pop culture. Ngayon sa inyo na interested on discussions on the surface of Loki's storytelling, siguro uh, gusto niyong pag-usapan yung mga comic, put, uh, comic book plots at yung mga uh, comic book tropes and characters, easter eggs, stuff that you would usually find on other reviews, well, you will be disappointed about this episode because this is not what this episode is about. That's not what I'm going to do. I am of course a pastor and a servant for the church and bahagi ng gawain na yan, I think that it includes the task of being a sort of an ethnographer of the present culture para sa layunin ng pag-equip sa mga mananampalataya uh, in engaging these cultural products. And that's what I hope to do the best that, at, that I am able to. And uh, what I will do for in the case of Loki is to analyze its subtle messaging on the level of its philosophy as much as I understand it. So saan tayo magsisimula? I want to begin with the end. At yun yung pinakahuling episode because I think that it holds the key to actually interpreting the whole season, the whole first season of Loki. And obviously, there are spoilers ahead. So kung di mo pa napapanood yung Loki at plano mo itong tapusin, well, uh, tapusin mo muna yung uh, buong season and then you can come back here and uh, panoorin mo ulit itong uh, video na to. But we will begin with the last episode because I believe that the key moment of revelation uh, is uh, here. Uh, you can find it here in this last episode. In Loki's last episode, you have that scene where Kang, or also known as He Who Remains, si Kang ay nagkaroon ng sort of exposition na kanyang i-deliver doon sa dalawang protagonist natin all throughout the season, and that is Loki and uh, his female version, Sylvie. Uh, si Loki and Sylvie, uh, pinuntahan nila itong si Kang and Kang uh, gave an exposition. Now, I believe that this exposition is also what holds the key to unlocking the series uh, philosophy of history. Yung pilosopiya ng kasaysayan na pundasyon 
uh, ng uh, season na ito ng Loki and perhaps even of the MCU, eh, yan ay matatagpuan natin doon sa um, mga salita nitong si Kang or He Who Remains. Uh, si Kang, you would note that he spoke of one cataclysmic event. that happened in the 31st century uh, kung saan ikwento niya na there was that scientific discovery that was discovered by a version of him and his scientific discovery was that there are actually more universes that sit on top of uh, of our own uh, so there there exists not only one universe but there are actually multiple uh, universes uh, pwede natin itong tawagin na the multiversal revolution there was this great event that is called the multi multiversal uh, revolution And you would note that the way it was explained by Kang was that it like it happened like some sort of an uh, siguro mako-compare natin ito sa actual revolution sa pag-aaral ng kasaysayan. Uh, the actual revolution is a coined term sa isang pivotal age in antiquity kung saan so, so suddenly new ways of thinking a more progressive way of thinking emerged in various places of the globe in antiquity and they have striking parallel developments although wala naman silang clear uh, connection. Now in Loki's world, ito yung nangyari sa multiversal revolution. This kind of revolution happened as similar scientific discoveries were occurring separately in various Uh, spheres of the multiverse in various universes in various uh, locations of the multiverse at sabi ni Kang uh, other versions of him uh, in other universes were coming to that same discovery that discovery that uh, as I have said there are actually uh, more universes than one Now, this sci- what, what, what happened as a result of that uh, discovery was the improvement of the state of life of each universe. Kasi nagkaroon ng uh, great scientific and technolo- technological advance as, as uh, uh, universes share their uh, technology and what they know about, uh, about nature, about the universe. They share it together and it Uh, led to the improvement of the quality of life of each of the universe. So there was a massive expansion of what we know uh, in a multiversal scale. And there was that, therefore, uh, uh, the ability now uh, to interact with uh, reality in a way that would produce technology that could serve the good of uh, the citizens of uh, each universe. Now, this story resonates with us. Bakit? Because I believe that the elements of this story are actually drawing from the social imaginary of the Enlightenment age o yung tinatawag na modern age or modernism. And we know that The Enlightenment Age is an age that is filled with promises for humanity because there is now that great expansion of scientific knowledge 
as well as the uh, the utilization of that to produce technology in order to improve our lives. So that was the promise of modernism. And we know that it was birthed by the prece preceding revolution, the scientific revolution coupled with the Renaissance. Uh, so uh, after a series of scientific discoveries, uh, we know that uh, or we are told that what happened was that there was a liberation of humanity from the grips of superstitious but ignorant way of knowing. Uh, so that was uh, the interpretation of uh, of many people about the scientific revolution nalaman uh, natin that we are not actually at the uh, center of uh, our own uh, solar system uh, so nagkaroon tayo ng knowledge uh, kung paano umiikot yung uh, ating planeta around the earth as uh, and many things in relation to that and therefore, the enlightenment or the modernist dream was one of progress. As human knowledge uh, expand, uh, ang nangyayari is we are now able to uh, propel our history towards technological progress that would improve the quality of our lives. So, yan yung pangako. Uh, we are we we know now how the universe works and we now have the ab ability therefore to manipulate nature uh, for our own ends for our own purposes and as human cultures share uh, this common value uh, this scientific value this technological value and this humanistic value we can now aspire uh, to, a, to, to a shared telos, a shared universal uh, human value, a sort of meta-narrative. Pag sinabi nating meta-narrative, it is uh, a wide-scale accounting of the meaning of history. And now, in the Enlightenment dream, the meaning of history is to propel mankind towards uh, progress, uh, that would improve uh, the quality of our living, perhaps would reduce our suffering and would maximize our enjoyment in life. Uh, and that is the promise of humanism. In humanism, we improve each other's life uh, we, uh, and we kill diseases, we make life easier, and we congratulate each other for our achievements. Exactly how Kang explains the multiversal revolution. Now, it sounded bright and beautiful and there is a great future ahead of us. But what is the problem with this? Eh, balikan natin yung exposition ni Kang. Uh, sa exposition ni Kang, he gave us the events that actually succeeded the multiversal revolution and it was not very bright. Uh, sabi doon, sa, sabi ni Kang, uh, However, not every version of me was so, so pure of heart. So there was the introduction of human evil at, uh, at the equation. Uh, doon sa idea that we are now headed to progress because we can expand our knowledge. We can now uh, uh, produce more technology. 
but then entered the problem of human evil. The problem of human evil c comes in and frustrates the enlightenment or the modernist dream, uh, to put it in our terms. Uh, ganyan yung nangyari sa multiversal revolution, sabi ni Kang sa kanyang exposition, to some of us, new worlds meant only one thing, new lands to be conquered, the peace between realities erupted into all-out war, its variant fighting to preserve and annihilate the others, this was almost the end, ladies and gentlemen, of everything and everyone. So what happened uh, was that some universes uh, or perhaps some group of people coming from uh, some universes actually wanted to, uh, to rule other lands or other uh, universes in the multiverse. And they wanted to impose their own, perhaps let's say, culture, their own meta-narrative, uh, believing perhaps that uh, those meta-narratives are superior uh, to other uh, universes in the multiverse. Now, uh, uh, I believe that this is also seeking to make a parallel in the real world, in our world, uh, so that it resonates. But it is hard to pinpoint exactly the reference of this in terms of that precise historical parallel in the actual world. Although, in my opinion, it could actually refer to perhaps uh, two uh, possible reference. It could refer to the period of colonialism, and you have that in Kang's uh, word that uh, it, it meant for some of us new lands to be conquered, meaning uh, new uh, new places uh, in order to impose our culture upon the culture of another that is colonialism uh, which was we know partly driven by the conflicts of meta-narratives yung same enlightenment dream of expanding knowledge uh, the, the same enlightenment dream of progress uh, being paired with particular religious narratives. So what happened was a race uh, towards lands to conquer uh, by those who think that their culture is superior, is supreme over other cultures. So uh, this was the immediate effects of uh, globalization during the period of colonialism, there was the competition over conquering lands in order to advance a certain culture's meta-narrative because of some perceived superiority. So I think that it could refer to that. Another reference which is more uh, giving us the Another reference which I think would pinpoint more the problem of human evil uh, uh, is the reference to the series of world wars in our recent history. The World War I, uh, the Second World War, and then what followed after that, of course, was the Cold War uh, between U.S. and Russia that literally almost threatened the perpetuation of humanity because the parties involved were racing towards uh, progress in advanced uh, uh, weapons of mass destruction. So that is 
what happened. So that is why you have in uh, the statement of Kang that it uh, that the multiversal revolution erupted into all-out war, uh, and therefore it was almost the end of everything and everyone. And I say that it is perhaps the uh, reason uh, a reasonable reference because of the disillusionment that the world wars brought uh, to many people. Uh, that it was then that they understood that the dream of modernism is not really that uh, uh, plausible because of the problem of human evil. Now, my suggestion is that the reference is actually to both of these historical parallels, uh, yung colonialism as well as this series of world wars in the 20th century, kasi sa post-colonial ideologies of postmodernism, hindi naman talaga ito magkahiwalay. Both are motivated in uh, in advancing a certain meta-narrative because of some cultures perceived superiority over other cultures or so uh, what is uh, the claim uh, the claims of post-colonial ideolo- ideologies so ang um, uh, but, but but the point is that the demonstration of the succeeding history uh, after the multiversal war uh, after the multiversal uh, uh, revolution, rather, uh, its version of the scientific revolution and the promises of the Enlightenment, there was a multiversal war uh, that speaks of our capacity for evil, our capacity for for uh, power-seeking. And it actually uh, represents the uh, the... Uh, wars that we recently had in the 21st, uh, 20th century rather and it placed mankind disillusioned about the promises of modernity. We had been made aware of the malevolence that we are capable of as humanity and how the expansion of knowledge and the progress of our technology uh, are not uh, tools that are, that, that can only promote the well-being of mankind, it can also bring us to no less than the human annihilation. And that is the point that Kang is uh, putting forward in uh, his exposition towards uh, uh, Loki and Sylvie. So this is the world we live in now. Uh, ito yung tinatawag na postmodernism at yan yung pinpoint ng exposition ni Kang uh, because uh, we are living in a world that is uh, partly characterized by disillusionment. That is our age. There is that disillusion with the modernist promise as well as skepticism and suspicion over any claim to superior meta-narratives, uh, superior culture that may actually bring us to another catastrophic war of human cultures. Uh, so that is what is at the heart of postmodernism. But we know also that the modernist approach hasn't been abdicated. It is still in the marketplace of ideas. Kaya yung messaging ni Loki is an attempt to join the cultural dialogue. And the question is, what's the proper uh, solution? Now, sa Loki, 
uh, with kang, with he who remains, uh, this is given a particular solution that I believe is seeking to parallel with the Christian solution or perhaps the American or the Western Christian solution. Uh, and that is the solution of Kang. So you have Kang, the timekeepers, and the TVA. Uh, doon sa exposition niya, as he continued on in, uh, in episode 6, there is what he called dogma. So it was actually uh, Sylvie who opened it up. So sabi ni Sylvie, and the timekeepers came to save us. And, uh, and Kang answered that with a song, Amen. Uh, so that means it is religious. It is to be viewed as the religious solution. But he cut off that exposition and he spoke uh, of diverging from the dogma. Meaning that is the dogma. But that dogma is not true. That, that dogma is based on a lie. Now, uh, bakit siya based on a lie? Well, mamaya natin tignan yun. Let's keep that for a moment because actually uh, the, we need to understand what the dogma is. It is the dogma of the timekeepers and the TVA. It is a religious dogma uh, in the words of Kang himself. Uh, the succeeding statement of Kang was an exposition of the truth behind the dogma. But let's consider what the dogma actually is. And it is, in fact, what is presented in the whole season, beginning with episode one uh, and the revelations that succeeded that the uh, that episode so we learned that tva is actually a sort of multiversal religious organization ng kanilang mission is to protect a meta narrative now i'm using my term uh, my, my my terminology uh, na ginagamit ko mula kanina the meta narrative but in the the series it is called the sacred timeline there is the sacred timeline that must be preserved and this sacred timeline this meta narrative is drawing from the revelation of uh, a trinity like character uh, triune beings who are aliens, yes, but they are as uh, they are treated as divine characters. So it doesn't matter that they are aliens; they are intended to represent God in the same way that the Nordic gods are represented in the MCU as as divine uh, 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 as aliens. Uh, this mythology are aliens. So the so-called timekeepers are actually giving the revelation of, uh, of uh, uh, that justifies this sacred timeline. Now, TVA is then the agency of the timekeepers. Sila yung nagkikip ng order sa multiverse by protecting a single timeline. And, what hap and how they protect that single timeline is they oppress other multiversal timelines, multiversal expressions uh, that would lead to what they think a potential chaos that would lead to another uh, all-out war of the multiverse. Now, the members of the TVA believes that they are created for this sole purpose. And notice that they are created by the timekeepers. And therefore, 
they are bound to that created order and purpose. Uh, and uh, let me ask you, what do you think it looks like? It looks exactly what it is intending to parallel in the real world. It is the Christian church. It is the Christian idea with its belief in the triune God and the created order that is rooted in the triune God as well as a mission to perpetuate the Christian meta-narrative which uh, faithful Christians believe to be the truth that excludes all other claims to meta-narratives. Now, the whole series is a criticism of this, perhaps in their mind, fundamentalist, dogmatic Christian solution represented by the TVA. Unang-una, uh, pinapakita ng series that the main issue here is freedom. The Christian solution has secured order, yes, it has secured stifling order at the at the expense of free expression at the expense of freedom and therefore the series is replete with hints of these issues issues of the oppression of freedom issues of uh, the of uh, freedom of expressing one's identity and of course the best way to show that to demonstrate that is to uh, allude to the issues relating the LGBTQ plus uh, movement or community. Uh, pinapakita doon na yung narrative ng TVA is one of excessive order uh, and it cannot allow for any deviating variants uh, who does not fit within their categories uh, of uh, in terms of the sacred timeline and therefore it leads to the pruning of innocent timelines as, as Sylvie observed. Uh, makikita mo yan uh, all throughout the series. All the Lokis represent this identity spectrum, whether in relation to gender, and that is the most pronounced, but we can, um, we can extend that to other expressions of identity that uh, is deemed to be oppressed by the moral order uh, in uh, Christian thought. It, it was announced early on that Loki actually was gender fluid and uh, makikita mo yan doon sa uh, credits, sa post-credit, doon sa profile ni Loki, there was the fluid under the category of sex. Uh, and it actually makes sense because his power is shape-shifting and shape-shifting is a recognized gender variant among queer theories. Uh, and so, makikita mo na uh, they played with it, uh, with uh, the uh, gender theme. Uh, that's why when you, uh, when you came with, the, uh, with what is being anticipated in the earlier parts of the uh, season, and that is who is the other Loki variant, you would expect that it would also be a male, uh, a male character. But to your sur surprise, uh, the other Loki variant was actually a female. And that is telling us that Loki uh, doesn't really fit the normal gender expectation because Loki, uh, Lokis represent uh, the spectrum of identity. And then another hint of that is Sil Sylvie's Nexus event. Uh, uh, this uh, also brings to mind another 
LGBTQ-related issue, and it is what toys should children play with. So you have uh, uh, you have Sylvie playing with toys that are toys that's usually masculine, warrior toys, and you have Sylvie playing particularly with the uh, Valkyrie toy, which is in Mar Marvel Comics is actually a lesbian character. Uh, so there is that uh, there is that introduction of another LGBTQ theme, and also in an episode uh, of is this season there was a going out scene where in uh, a conversation sa pagitan ni Loki at ni Sylvie, uh, Loki actually admitted to Sylvie that he actually is a little bit of both, referring to Sylvie's uh, question whether his romantic engagements was with princesses or princess. So it was uh, that uh, gender uh, uh, theme. Now, the two Lokis, uh, the Loki, Loki and Sylvie, then eventually formed a twisted romantic relationship. Now, the twisted romantic relationship, the twisted romantic uh, adjectives is actually adjectives that were given by Mobius. So there was the bringing out of how apparently this love uh, thingy is twisted and romantic. That is also what Kang said by the end, by the last episode, that it was something unnatural, he said. So, so there was the bringing out of this theme of love that appears to be twisted, that appears to be unnatural. Uh, and uh, of course, they are the same person. Uh, and this love, when it was developing, produced a massive deviation from the sacred timeline. This isn't supposed to happen. According to the timekeepers, according to the TVA, this is a deviation of the sacred timeline and it is one of a massive deviation. So I think it was in either episode 3 or episode 4 kung saan as Loki and Sylvie were forming a connection, perhaps falling in love that the sacred timeline branched out a nagkaroon ng malaking pag-deviate doon sa sacred timeline na nagkaroon ng isang ng another timeline and perhaps it is an allusion to another LGBTQ rhetoric of love wins love wins against oppressive universal forces well in the case of Loki multiversal Forces. So, so that is the criticism. The TVA solution is one that is uh, that that uh, that oppresses freedom, and it is intending to parallel with uh, with the Christian uh, solution. And the second criticism is that these are all based on grand deception. These uh, things are not true. Uh, the timekeepers are not real. And you have that in the in the uh, beheading of the timekeeper, proving that they were only creations. This is but myth. This is lies. Uh, the um, the minute men therefore are not truly created, but also as Sylvie was trying to point out, they were also just variants. 
they also are as free from this oppressive moral order and they are just recruited for this mission based on deception so that is intended to parallel with the christian faith there is no trinity that is what is being uh, being presented here there is no god christians are as queered as chaotic uh, and they only embraced a uniformizing religious ideology based on a grand religious deception as kang revealed in the in the end uh, pinakita niya na ang nasa likod talaga ng creation ng timekeeper ng timekeeper and tva mythos was not the truth of the timekeeper and this is where we deviate from the dogma sabi niya we, we when he was about to tell the truth nandoon yung alayath which he found uh, uh, and used to to weaponize uh, in order to uh, perpetuate the this lie uh, the the alayath was the beast in charge of the void in charge of nothingness of annihilation and i think that this is intended to refer to the fear of annihilation to the pull of nihilism if there is no tva if there is no timekeeper then there is alayath and if you would note when loki landed on the void as ang sinabi niya am i in hell so it is uh, it is the fear of annihilation, of nihilism, of nothingness, of lack of purpose. It is that fear being weaponized in order to justify the perpetuation of the Christian meta-narrative. Uh, that is the intended parallel in my opinion. Now, what is the... What is the seasons honest about is the strength of Kang's methodology uh, because uh, his methodology was in fact uh, justified at even, even in the exposition of Kang in, in that there appears to be no better alternative in order to secure order and peace and harmony. So in, uh, in the series uh, view, uh, what justifies Kang was that tyrannical control is the solution for harmony and peace uh, so that we do not end up with chaos and destruction. Kaya sabi ni Kang in, the, that, uh, in his continuation of his exposition, stifling order or cataclysmic chaos. And this was already philosophically prominent uh, even in the earlier dialogues of the character in, in the series, there was a discussion on order and chaos in the case of Loki and Mobius in, in an earlier episode, as well as with Sylvie and B-15, also in, a late, in an earlier episode. So the philosophical discussion here is really about chaos and order. Are we willing to sacrifice our freedom uh, uh, under a tyrannical order uh, or, 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 or should we be free but we are risking uh, uh, ending up to chaos and even alayath, even annihilation. Uh, kaya sabi nga ni Kang, you may hate the dictator but something far worse is gonna fill that void if you depose him. 
So there is that fear factor again. There is that threatening again. Uh, either you have God or you have nihilism, moral nihilism or purpose nihilism in terms of human purpose. You kill the dictator, Kang said. What fills the void? This is the classic Nietzschean diagnosis uh, expressed ni Nietzsche sa kanyang parable of the madman. God is dead. What then? Bloods, blood will be shed. Uh, there is the pool of nihilism. What fills the void? Uh, so the source of moral order is now gone. Therefore, we carry the divine load. What are we going to do? Uh, Nietzsche said we need to become supermen, ubermens. We need to become heroes. And that, I believe, is how this Loki series is viewing the future of the MCU. Perhaps the future of MCU is kind of an offering of a progressivist, non-Christian solution to the moral dilemma that's facing this 21st century world. Kaya I am expecting that the shape of uh, the MCU in the future is going to be highly political. It will take a more political uh, MCU in the future. And in fact, it's already the shape that's being taken. One of Loki's producers said that more LGBTQ uh, stories are, uh, are going to be told after Loki. And you, you have that even in the last uh, installments of, uh, of the MCU with Black Widow, which is, of, which is a, a clear anti-patriarchal messaging, uh, feminism, very prominent in that film. And you have Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which was also highly political and a critique of America, perhaps a critique of white Captain America. And what's next, uh, perhaps more of such kind of products from the MCU. Uh, and this is the alternative heroism in place of Christian heroism. Uh, and that is what I'm going and that is what's the future of the MCU as it appears to me. So why be concerned? Well, the reason why I think we should be concerned is because stories shape our worldview. Stories shape our worldview from the level of the unconscious. Because stories facilitate learning, uh, implicit learning. Uh, kaya kailangan na maging aware tayo as much as we can, as much as we are able about the messaging of the pop cultural products that we consume. Especially those that exist in narrative format. Kasi ito yung mga uh, pinaka-effective na tools in order to shape our affections, our sentiments, our emotions, and usually in a way that effectively uh, bypass uh, intellectual persuasion. Why? Because we are creatures who are shaped most by stories. At bilang mga Kristiyano, it must not come as a surprise Really, kasi ang Biblia mismo, we know, contains a lot of stories that are intended to be transformative, that are intended to structure our view of the world. And aside from that, we also know that the whole Bible itself 
contains a meta-narrative, a meta-story, the story of redemption centered in the Lord Jesus Christ within which we are called to live out, to live uh, our lives as part, to live our lives within that story because that story is the true story of the world and we believe in the transformative power of stories. Siguro, para bigyan niya ng halimbawa, pag nanonood kayo ng isang, nanonood kayo ng isang pelikula, and the creators, the producers of that film have a clear allegory in his mind. Meron siya talagang iniisip na parallel in the real world, uh, which uh, he is intending, he or she is intending uh, to present in his or her work of art. Pero hindi ka aware dun sa intended parallel niya, you are placing yourself in a place where your perspective can easily be shaped by the story it presents. Uh, for example, the story paints a particular uh, disposition, a particular perspective as a villainy perspective. So meron kang merong pinipresent na villain which you uh, who you are supposed to hates and to be angry about and to disagree with and it forms those kinds of emotions in your heart uh, so the narrative is evoking anger in your heart against this villain dahil sa kanyang perspective dahil sa kanyang actions uh, that person is being painted as a villain as a villain in the story now when you find the intended parallel in the real world it would be hard to shake off the sentiments that was already created in there because of the power of the story that he watched. So, ganyan yung nang maaring mangyari sa Loki. The timekeepers, the TVA is presented to be this fundamentalist, closed, narrow-minded, uh, uh, tyrannical group of uh, people uh, that that oppresses freedom and you find that it uh, in the real world it looks like Christianity with its attempts to uh, to to propagate the Christian message of a God who has created or all things and has established a moral order for creatures uh, so there is that parallel and uh, it you you may carry the sentiments in the real world so that is one reason another reason is because pop cultural products even especially today are deliberately agenda driven and they are anti-christian agenda driven uh, isa ito sa mga major shifts ng ating panahon lalong-lalo na nung yung mga students ni Herbert Marcusa, who was a prominent member of the Frankfurt School of Thought, eh, yung kanyang mga students, yung ng kanyang School of Thought, uh, saw uh, to it uh, to propagate his views by using their artistic creations as a tool for social activism. Si Herbert Marcuse, of course, was at the core Marxist, Someone who views a society as uh, divided in binary categories of oppressed and oppressor, uh, and therefore, uh, and that that is uh, the uh, intention. 
and the in the idea of Marcusa, uh, what happened was that the awakening of the proletariat consciousness did not come as promised by Karl Marx when capitalism collapsed during the Great Depression. Kaya sinasabi niya yung awakening, it must come by means of arts. Ibig sabihin, we must awaken the people. It's not going to come automatically. Uh, so, from here on, pop cultural products are seen, are seen as a means in order to awaken people. Awaken people to the great power relations in society. To the great oppressor-oppressed relationships in society. And this is the starting point of woke culture. There is the, the awakening and, the, it, and it pervades pop cultural creations. So there is the deconditioning. Now, this is not an argument for abstinence. Hindi ko sinasabi na we should not watch this pop cultural products. Hindi ko rin sinasabi na we should not enjoy them. I quite enjoyed Loki. But I am arguing for the ability to discern so that we may be able to engage these cultural products intelligently and to exercise dialogue uh, and even to offer counterculture. As Christians, we are commanded not to let the world squeeze us into its own mold. And it's trying to do that at every corner of our culture. And so we must exercise resistance and counterculture. And that is the point of this episode. So thank you for listening. If you like this content, please subscribe to our YouTube channel and follow us on Facebook and Instagram. If you haven't yet, you can also listen to our podcast episodes weekly on Spotify. Salamat. Salamat.